quickly read this chapter and just follow along. It says in verse number one, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two, son, of, of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, uh, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came in the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left of her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way. For I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them? From having husbands, nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Whither thou lodgest, I will lodge, and thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Wherefore, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Father, I pray that, Lord, you just please take the reading of your word and, and the preaching now. I pray that you would, Lord, just lift up your son today. Lord, that is my heart's desire. And I just pray that God would speak to us. And, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, my words would only be directed by your spirit or my thoughts. And I just yield myself to you. And, Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to do a great, Lord, work in this service today. If there's anyone here today that doesn't know they're saved. I pray that, Lord, they come forward this morning. 
And Lord, they too would know that they're on their way to heaven. Now, Father, speak to us. And Lord, may the Holy Spirit lead and guide and teach, exhort, rebuke, whatever our spiritual need is. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The story of Ruth here that uh, we read the introduction to is a precious story. Uh, it's a story of, um, in, uh, if you don't know the story, I think most would be familiar, uh, Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons, Malon and Chilion, uh, they, they uh, were living in Israel, they were Israelites, and, and uh, there was a famine in the land, so they left their home, they left their possessions, they left everything that they had, and they went to Moab. And um, the Moab, Moabites were a cursed people, uh, but they went and lived amongst them. And they lived there, and they, they found bread. And it's interesting to note that they left because of a famine. They thought they were going to starve to death. But when Naomi does return, after losing her husband and her two sons, her words to all the Israelites were, I left full and came back empty. Don't think what the world has is going to satisfy you. What God is giving you here is more than enough. And, uh, but anyways, they, they went out and they went to Moabites and, and they lived there. And, and uh, while they were living there, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. We don't know what happened, but he died. His two sons, after his death, they both found themselves ladies. Uh, they were both Moabites. And one was named Orpah. The other was named Ruth. And they married them. And they lived there 10 years. But at some point during those 10 years... Both the two boys of Naomi and the husbands of Orpah and Ruth, they too died. Don't know what happened, but they passed away. During that time, Naomi hears that back in Israel and where they're from in Bethlehem, that God had blessed them and there was harvest again. But they didn't really have a home to go back to. That anything that they would have owned would have went into default. It would have been there and they weren't paying their debts and it was we'd be someone else's and. But Naomi said, I'm going to go back home. There's at least food there. I'll be back and we'll just beg and, and make my way these last few years of my life. And she told the girls to go back home. Orpah and Ruth both said, no, we want to stay with you. But she said, no, there's no reason, even Jewish law, that uh, if she had other children, that they could marry them uh, and, and still continue in the family. But she said, even if I got married today... Uh, you, you, it would be too late and the, the boys would not have time to grow up she said just go home and Orpah said she, she hugged her mother-in-law kissed her and went back home but Ruth said I'm not going to leave I'm going to stay with you and she, it's a very precious passage that she said there in, in uh, verses 16 entreat me not to leave uh, for whither thou uh, goest I will go where thou lodgest I will lodge thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God, and where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. She, she let Ruth know I'm not leaving, or let Naomi know. And finally, passage says basically Naomi realized she was wasting her breath, and she said, well, let's go. And they go back, and they find themselves back in Israel. When they enter back the town, the whole place was stirred. Everybody started talking. Is that Naomi? I mean, she'd been gone 10 plus years. Is that Naomi? Her husband's not there. Her boys are not there. And who is this Moabite? And, they, and they, they all were asking questions. And Naomi stopped at some point and said, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. Matter of fact, in that chapter we read three times, she accuses God of dealing bitterly or afflicting her. 
She's very upset at the situation. She goes, and chapter number one is about backsliding, tragedy, death, bitterness, fear, frustration, failure. It's a terrible chapter. But then everything changes in chapter number two. And everything changes because, look at verse number one, Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. The emphasis from chapter number two, verse one, to the end of the book goes away from Naomi and Elimelech and their backslidden and their mistakes and all their problems and failures and death. And now everything is focused on Boaz. Matter of fact, Boaz in chapter number two, he's mentioned 10 times. He's mentioned 10 more times in chapter three and four because everything changes when Boaz is introduced into the picture. Now, if you don't know the story, Ruth falls in love with Boaz. And she first starts gleaning in the field, just picking up the scraps from all of his laborers, just trying to get enough to eat and to survive. But he sees her. They fall in love. They get married. It's a perfect Hallmark movie, right? Starts with other people and destruction and ends up... Anyways, all right? That's the, that's the root of every one of those movies. All right, but in any case, all right? But in any case, they get married. And a matter of fact, by the way, it's not just any story. This Moabite was married to Boaz, who was in the line of Christ. It's awesome. And, uh, and what God can do. But I want to look this morning at Boaz. Because Boaz in the book of Ruth is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us to consider how he is a picture. Because, again, in chapter number one, is all about death, bitterness, destruction, failure, folly. But Boaz is introduced in chapter 2 and verse 1, and now what we're going to read is about redemption, restoration, revival, joy, love. Everything changes when Boaz comes into the picture. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know how life has been for you. I don't know whether you find yourself having lived and look back at a life that's full of bitterness and hurt and failure and death and folly. But I can tell you this, that if you'll draw your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll change everything in your life too. And I want us to look at Boaz and how he is a picture of Christ and how he took this poor, destitute, all-alone Ruth and put her into the family of God. Isn't that awesome? Oh, come on. That's wonderful. Amen? A cursed lady of the Moabites. Because of Boaz, she's now in the family of God. Number one, let's think about Boaz. Just got three thoughts for you to consider today. Number one, I want you to consider that he, Boaz, had the right to redeem. He had the right to to redeem. You see, they had lost Naomi all of her land, all of her possessions, everything that she owned. It was gone into default, no longer theirs. And in order for someone to redeem it, 
Not just anyone could redeem all that. Not just anyone could buy it back and restore it. It had to be a kinsman. In chapter 2 and in verse number 20, look at that verse. It says, and Naomi said, when Ruth gets back, after she first goes and she picks all this stuff up, you know, all the, the scraps, and, and, uh, and by the way, I'm skipping a lot of stuff in the story, but ne- if you're not familiar, you ought to read it, all right? But uh, Boaz, basically, I'm giving the Travis Burke commentary. You ready for this, all right? Boaz, basically, he's out there, and he, he comes out, he looks at all of his labors, he says, the Lord be with you. The first words we hear Boaz say, never forget that. He's a picture of the Lord. We'll get to that later, all right? The Lord be with you. And they all, and they're all the laborers are working and gleaning and picking up and, and harvesting everything. And, and, and Boaz is a good master, is looking over it all, making sure it's all done right. And, and then he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is that? And they, they tell him who it is. Well, that's Ruth. That's uh, Naomi's daughter-in-law. Now, here's, here's my imagination. Yo, we're allowed to have imagination, right? Right? And he, I can almost see, you know, Boaz go, oh, daughter-in-law, okay. Yeah, her husband died. Oh. Oh, come on, right? All yeah, right? Oh. Really? You see, because then he told his men, he said, hey, come here, come here. He said, make, make sure we glean everything. And it's tradition that those who were beggars and poor, that they could go after a field was gleaned and pick up anything that they, they might have missed way of charity and kindness. And Boaz said, guys, uh, you know, I know there's people here, but see that, see that girl? And they're like, yes, sir. I want you to accidentally throw a couple extra handfuls of stuff, food there, so she can accidentally find it. And they're like, and you can almost see one of the guys going, oh, oh, yeah. I see what you're doing there, right? I mean, come on, right? This is a story, right? You know, it's handfuls of purpose, right? Drop, drop a few extra, and, and you know, and, and you can see Ruth, she's picking up all the extras, and she's walking, and she, she comes, and she's just one of the guys, like, pouring out, and she's probably just like, then she walks up slowly, like, wow, right? And she picks it up. She comes back home, and she has this big old load of food, and Naomi's like, where'd you get that? And so we, she's telling her all about it. She says there in verse number 19, read it, uh, we'll go there. It says, And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that uh, did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, which hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said, to, said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. Not only was this man kind, but it hit Naomi. He's one of our kinsmen. Which qualified him to be able to redeem all that they had lost. This was not just any person he was a kinsman. You say, explain that. Well, according to Moses' law, a kinsman would have the responsibility to care for, you know, uh, brethren whose, whose wives had died for these widows. But they had to be a kinsman and they had to be a near one. 
They could raise up children in, in the deceased's name and such. But understand, and while this is law and this is the picture of what's going on, this is one of the great foundations of the gospel. You see, the Son of God had to enter human family that we might be able to enter into the heavenly family. Explain it this way. Paul said it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Great is the mystery. God was manifest in the flesh. Understand this, that the Son of God, Jesus, came and he was born. And yes, he was from God. The Holy Spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary. And she uh, uh, gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. But God literally became man. God, Jesus, the only way we could be redeemed is we needed a kinsman. We needed one who is all God and all man. You say, that that's kind of difficult to wrap your mind. That's why Paul said, great is the mystery. God was manifest in the flesh. 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, Jesus came to be born, to be near to kin to us, so that he would have the right to redeem us. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says that God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Why is that? So he could be our redeemer. Understand this, and I'm not being blasphemous. Jesus was all God and is all God. But when he was born, he was also all God and all man. He became flesh. He who thought it not robbery to be equal with God made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion of a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. The only way Jesus could die for our sins is, so, is that he would be God and man. He is the God-man Jesus Christ. And Jesus came, and Boaz is introduced as the kinsman. You see, not just any Israelite could redeem all that was Naomi's and all that was Elimelech's. It had to be a kinsman. I can't die for your sins. You can't die for my sins. Because all of us are in this great sin debt. All of us are sinners. All of us have come short of the glory of God. But there's been one and only one who has ever walked upon this earth who is God and man. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is holy. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the only one who could die for our sins. And Jesus went to the cross. He died for our sins. And when He was on that cross, He redeemed us. He paid for our sins. When he arose from the grave, if he would have stayed dead in the grave, our faith is in vain, because that would have meant death won. But death didn't win. When he arose from the grave, he showed that he overcame not only our sin debt, but the power and the curse of sin. Death was conquered. Jesus arose from the grave. Back to Boaz. Boaz is introduced in chapter 2 and verse number 1 as a mighty man. A mighty man. He's an interesting character when you study the life of Boaz and how he had the right to redeem. His father's name, I don't know if you remember his father's name, but his father's name was Salmon. Not a fish, right? But Salmon. Salmon, when you study the line of Salmon, it's very, very, this is just a little side note because I think it's awesome, right? 
is a picture of the Lord Jesus. Are you all with me today? All right, all right. This ought to be exciting stuff if you think about this, right? Salmon was of the line of Judah. All right? That was that kingly line. That was his line. He was of the line of Judah, but he also was the nephew of Aaron. Because Nahash. So he's of the line of Judah, but because of marriage, he's also the nephew of Aaron. Which means that Boaz was of the king's line and the priest's line. Oh, come on. Right? Amen? I mean, that's, he's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the king. He's the great high priest. Amen? And Boaz was born prince and priest. Amen. All right. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love his first words in chapter 2 and verse number 1. Uh, it says that he's introduced and, and, uh, 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 and he says uh, her husband's a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech named Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field. And uh, she says, go. And uh, then in verse number 4, and behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. The very first words that he shares is the Lord be with you. Jesus Christ, God became man, and a name that he is introduced as there in the Gospels is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Boaz, he had the right to redeem. He was kinsman, he was priest, king. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And understand this, only the Lord had the right to redeem us. Number two, he had the resolve to redeem. He had the resolve to redeem. So what do you mean by that? There was another kinsman who was one step closer related than Boaz was. Look over in chapter number four. Let's read this real quick. Now in the meantime, in these chapters, Boaz and Ruth, they fall in love. If you love a good love story, read the book of Ruth. They fall in love and uh, they, they, they uh, again uh, want to wed. And, but Boaz understands that there's one kinsman who's closer. And it says there in chapter four, verse number one, says, then went Boaz to the gate, that's where they, they met for official business, sat him down there, and behold, the kinsman of who Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, O such a one, turn aside, sit down here, and he turned aside and sat down, this one man that was closely related, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit ye down here, and they sat down, and he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that has come out, again, out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. So he catches this man, he goes, now you know Naomi's back, 
All of our land and possessions are in default. And you are ahead of me. You can redeem this or purchase it back. And if you're going to do that, do it. But if not, I want to do that. And in verse number four, he said, this other guy said, I will redeem it. Now, again, like I said, it'd make a great Hallmark movie, right? It's a roller coaster ride we're on. This guy says, yeah, I'll pay for it all. I'll get it all. You can see Boaz, his heart sinking, right? Because Ruth came with Naomi. And this guy said, yeah, I got the money. I'll buy it. It's a lot of land. I'll take it. Verse number five. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Boaz, then he's thinking, he goes, well, there's one thing you need to know. Boaz comes with this. I'm sorry, Ruth comes with this. And, and according to the law, you need to receive her as a wife and um, raise up children. And that guy looks, he's like, oh. He says in verse number six, the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. He looked at her, because Ruth was what? He said, I don't want that. I... I don't want that in my line. He said, I, he said, you, you take it. He said, redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. He said, I, I don't want that. You can have it. And Boaz says, I'll do it. The resolve to redeem in this what was the difference between this unnamed kinsman and Boaz? One word. He loved her. He loved her. And I am thankful today. I'm just, Jesus, God. He did not have to redeem us. Now, it was a plan laid, and I get this, before the foundation of the world. They chose to before the world was created. But the Lord did it, and God did it for one reason. He loves you. He loves us. Isn't it a wonderful thing that He loves us? I mean, I know it's the most familiar verse, but John three sixteen, for God, stay with me, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, come on. Say it, all right? Do you believe it? All right? Say it again with joy, all right? We're like robots. For God, God, I. Oh, what a precious verse. All right, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know why Jesus came? Because you're loved. You're loved. You know what made the difference between his other kinsmen and Boaz? Boaz loved her. You know why the Lord Jesus came and died for our sins to pay our sin penalty and our sin debt? Because he loves you. You say, but you don't know who I am. <laughs> Did the picture. Boaz knew who she was. She was a cursed lady. She wasn't like them. Right? But Boaz chose to love her, to redeem her, and bring her into the family of God. Amen? Hey, look, you and I were that person. We were the sin-cursed person. We were the people that were rotten. We were the people with false gods. We were the people that all we like sheep have gone astray, right? We were that person, but God still loved us. And he chose to redeem us. Now, it's interesting, the rest of the story, there's a whole thing about the shoe, which, you know, I may mean, at first be like, this is kind of weird, right? But in a quick explanation, all right, uh, what would happen, according to Deuteronomy, that uh, when this, was, this kind of scenario was, that someone would have to, you know, if they were going to uh, choose, and I'll use uh, uh, Daniel, come up here, man. You, you like being used, right? I don't know if he does or not, but he does it very willingly, right? All right. Take a shoe off, man. But no, sit down. I don't want to see it, all right? Yeah. All right. If he was that kinsman who chose not to redeem, all right, and disregarded the law of what he was supposed to take the widow in, all right, and, and his brothers who had deceased wife, she was to take off his shoe, which, by the way, the shoe was a sign of inheritance, right? It was the family, all right? And that's why, remember when the prodigal son came back home? The first thing dad said was put a robe on him, put a ring on him, and put what? Shoes on his feet. He's back in the family. Hmm. Anyways, y'all be getting more excited about all this stuff. This is good stuff, right? But she would go and she would take the shoe off. Now he's saying, I don't want to redeem, you know, that person. And according to the Jewish law, she would take the shoe off and then she would go and spit right in his face. Spit in his face. Toss the shoe back to him. And what it was recognizing is you have taken me out of the family, the removing of the shoe. I am no longer going to be able to inherit and you are cursed for treating a widow in that way. And she would spit in his face. Now over time, the Jews modified it because that was really embarrassing and they were very macho people and they shouldn't have, but they did. And so what they did at this point was the man, instead of the woman coming and spitting in his face, the man by symbolism would take off his shoe, all right, and, 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 and throw it, all right? Go ahead and toss it to me, all right? Nice. Right? And basically saying, I am pulling away. It is no longer in my family. The giving of the shoe. Everybody get that? All right. Now, that's it. Thanks, Daniel. Let's read it. All right? So I just want you to get what we're reading here. All right? But it says there in verse number six, the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou the right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was after the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and to all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all the land that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. 
Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife. To raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren. And from the gate of his, of his place, ye are witnesses this day. When he received that shoe, he said, you are witnesses today. I have paid the price. I have received into my family and in my inheritance all that was Naomi's and all that is Ruth. They are now part of my family so that there may be children born of this family. I paid the price. Boaz not only had the right to redeem, but he had the resolve to redeem because the one thing that differentiated him from the other kinsmen is he loved her. And he paid the price and she was now a Moabite-cursed woman, was now not just an Israelite, not just in the line of Judah and Aaron, but she was brought into the line of Christ. God's family. Amen. I don't know what your testimony is, but at the age of 14, I realized I was a sinner and I knew Christ died for me. And that day I bowed my head and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus died for me. And that day, a cursed, rotten, 14-year-old sinner was redeemed and brought into the family of God. Now, I read this morning in the last chapter in John in my devotions as Jesus was speaking to the disciples after he'd risen from the grave and he was talking to Mary. He said, go tell the brethren. Number one, with Jesus, we're brethren. Isn't that awesome? Tell the brethren that I'm going to, to this is great, my father and their father. To my God and their God. The day you get saved, you are brought into the family of God. You became a child of God. Amen. He paid all of our sin debt. We have been redeemed. We've been purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are brought into the family of God because He's the only one who had the right to redeem. And He had the resolve to redeem us because He loved us. And my last point is this. It's just simple. But He had the resources to redeem you know, it really wouldn't have matter if Boaz didn't have money. It really wouldn't have mattered. He could have wanted to, but he didn't, couldn't. But we're introduced to Boaz in chapter 2 and verse number 1. It says there, a mighty man of wealth. Now, I could talk to you today about where the Lord is sitting on the throne that the street is paved in gold. I could tell you about the pearly gates and all the precious stones, but it didn't take money. We're not redeemed with gold and silver. We have been redeemed, 1 Peter, by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's according to His mercy He saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith. And look at me. The Bible says... He is rich 
in grace. The Bible says his mercies fail not. And I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ not only had the right to redeem us, not only did he have the resolve to redeem us, but he had the resources. His blood was the only blood that could be shed for us. His grace and his mercy, praise the Lord, never run dry. And I'm thankful for the Lord and heaven and the throne and all that lies ahead of me is because of Jesus. And the day that he paid for my sins, he redeemed me. The day that I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, the transaction was done. And now I can sing. Now, just can you imagine, Ruth? We sing, now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Ruth left that day. She was Boaz. And Boaz was hers. They would have children, which by the way, their grandchild, a pretty well-known man by the name of David. Isn't that awesome? She could have went back, by the way, look at me. Her mother-in-law said in chapter 1, just go home. Go back to your people. Go back to your gods. Orpah did. Ruth could have. There may be someone in here today that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to invite you today to come and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But it's your choice. I hope that no one leaves today not knowing they're saved. I hope you'll run to the Lord today and accept Him because He he repaid for your salvation. But you could be like Orpah and say, thanks, but I'm going to go back to my people. I'm going to go back to my gods. As much as I hate saying this, unless I'm misreading something in scriptures, Orpah never did accept Christ. She never had a faith, and she went back to her gods, which means Orpah's in hell today. I don't say that with any joy. It's just biblical fact. But one day, I expect to see Ruth one day. Because she said to Naomi, your people are my people. Your God is my God. And she, praise the Lord for all that Boaz did and what a beautiful picture it is. Your life is either a chapter one life today of just trial and heartache and burden and roller coaster and just a life. Or today you can be introduced to a man who changes everything. The God man, the man Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you take